Welcome to We'll See You in Hell, your podcast for horror, sci-fi, fantasy, and let's be honest, sometimes action and other genre. <laughs> Movies Movie really is all we, uh, the only umbrella we have for the show. Uh, and my, TV, so even that doesn't count. TV's we, in there, basically too. Basically, every week we'll talk about something. <laughs> That's what this specificity is, how a podcast makes it in today's crowded market. And this podcast is all about things. And while we're on the topic of things, just a reminder to the fans, our live show is coming up October 20th. It will be at Oh My Ribs. In, uh, Joe My Ribs. <laughs> Right there, you go. Uh, in Los Angeles, uh, tickets are on sale now. The ticket link is live. You can go to the "We'll See You in Hell" uh, Instagram page to or feed or whatever you want to call it to uh, find that link. It's uh, "See You in Hell" pod. Yes, um, and uh, there's two shows that night: twenty bucks for one, thirty for both. Limited tickets for both, though. Um, so if you want to, if you want to try to swing through both of these things, they will be two different shows. You should do that sooner than later. And a drink and party after. Yeah, free drink, not free drinks, but a free to hang out and yeah, drink with us. Party. I want to be very clear. You'll be paying for the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pay for our own. I mean, we're, yeah. you know, we're not trying to get anything out of you. No. Uh, and I believe merch will be for sale and all that, all that crap. Pat, how are you? Terrible, Joe. Me too. Just a, just a stressful time and joe and i were talking right before we started recording about how miserable we are and i was like hey why don't we set up the uh the recorder so we don't lose this magic uh just before we hit record pat and i both shared that independently of one another we were both so depressed that we both canceled therapy tomorrow that's a level of depression i don't know if you've ever experienced we go oh, what's the fucking what's point? the point wouldn't uh, do anything for me Pat, you're down about what? Because I know what I'm down about. I mean, all all manner of things. I just can't seem to find any happiness anymore. <laughs> but um, you know, just every every situation, every one I meet, every place I go, I just see hate. I hate people. Um, I hate uh, my life right now, to be honest with you. And there we are. I watched a man. I, I went up. Uh, Joe stood me up for dinner last night. Oh, I didn't stand you up. Um, we made a plan, then I said I can't make it. And for some reason, you were there 45 minutes before <laughs> we were supposed to meet. So I, I dined alone. <laughs> I walk out. There's a guy in the street who has clearly died. His car has died. So he's going through like a green light on Los Feliz Boulevard. And his car dies. There is a giant, almost almost monster truck-sized truck behind him who has a full lane to go around. Right. But instead starts honking. Like, get out of the way honking. And we're like, all right, well, here comes the realization that he's honking at a guy whose car is breaking down and there'll be an apology wave or something. He honks. For five full minutes, mm -hmm. as this car slows and slows and then stops, and then he stays behind the car in traffic. No one in his lane to the right. He could go around at any point. Right. He just keeps honking and honking and honking at a car that has died because he can't open his brain a little to realize maybe this guy isn't fucking with him. Right. And I, I hated the man so much, and yet I also feel like in a couple weeks' time, I could be him. <laughs> honking and honking at a dead car. It's uh, that's where I'm at. That's the problem now, is you go, what an asshole. You're honking at a dead car. And then the other path, he goes, oh, no, this guy's just been behind enough people that are that entitled that they'll come to a complete stop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that he's losing his fucking mind. Yeah. Like, it's you can't win. I'm at a party last night. Go on. For a buddy of mine's birthday. And uh, the cops show up because everybody's outside. Okay. So clearly a neighbor complained about, about the outside noise. So, you know, we go and tell me, hey, there's cops outside. Cops are very nice. They're like, look, you just, just get everybody inside. It's too late to have all these people out here. 
He very kind. He very kind. This thing's been going on since 2 p.m., by the way. This right. is an all-day party. Right. He goes up to everybody. He's very kind. He's like, look, guys, just so I don't get a ticket or something, why don't we just all go inside, shut the doors and the windows? We go inside. As soon as we're inside, people are trying to open the windows. I'm literally tell- shit-faced. Yeah. I'm telling people, keep the windows shut. Right. The whole thing is there's noise. Uh, within five minutes of this <laughs> happening, everybody's back outside again. Uh-huh. I'm losing my fucking mind talking about this to a buddy of mine. Yeah. And I go, it just sickens me. It sickens me. The people in this fucking town, they act like they're so open-minded and they're so progressive and they're so open to everybody's problems and their struggle and all this bullshit. And these fucking people can't even have the courtesy to stay inside at one o'clock in the morning when the cops were just here for the sake of this guy not getting a noise ordinance and um, <clears throat> or noise violation, excuse me. And, um, and my buddy just kept going. Well, people are like that everywhere. And I'm like, I know they're like that everywhere, but it's more annoying here because here they act like they get it. Right. And here they go out of their way to show you how open-minded they are and how they care about other people. Yeah. Do it in New York. Fine. People in New York tell you to go fuck yourself. It's a lot more palatable there to me. Uh, and he just kept going, well, it's like this everywhere. Though. This is what <laughs> He just kept saying it. I will I, say, though, if, I'm, if I was hosting a house party in Missouri, which I did on a few occasions... People start blurring out into the porch, and let's you know we're twenty one, and everybody's drunk and stupid. As soon as the cops come up, everybody's inside and shuts the fuck up, and then nobody goes outside. Yeah, generally there'd be somebody at the door, like, "Hey, we had cops earlier, so unless you're leaving, stay in here." There's there is more respect for certain things in in the Midwest. Oh, I there agree. Is, they're also trash in many other ways. Don't get me wrong. I agree. I agree. No, I, I think people are better. LA's worse. I think pe- LA's worse. I'm going to go out and on a little and say this. It's not even on a limb. I believe it's a fact. The and I'm speaking about LA in the Hollywood sense. Yes, because uh, that's what we're in, both geographically and in the, the the abstract of the business. Everybody everywhere else is better. Yeah. These are the worst people on planet Earth. They're the most selfish fucking pigs. (laughs) I I just moved in this new apartment building. We're here now. Pat, it's a nice building. Am I wrong? Beautiful. It's a nice building. You know, it's not it's not cheap to live in here. I mean, it's not ridiculous, but it's you know, it's like you're living here. You're investing in your lifestyle a little bit. Sure. They had to send a fucking email out today to tell the residents of this building to stop leaving trash in the hallway. <laughs> in the hallway. Wow. What the fuck is wrong with everybody? We talking like a trash bag or like littering no, they're a cup? Like guys, Both are bad. They're like, guys, we love that you're the residents here. We yeah. thank you for being here. Please don't leave your empty, broken down moving boxes in the hallway. Wow. Please don't leave them in the floor. Who are they anticipating is going to get that? That's just somebody who's had things done for them their whole life. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. These are these are privileged, pampered, fake fucks in this city. They fucking think that, and that they, they'll man they'll make you think they're on your fucking team. And and oh, oh man, yeah. they love everybody. And oh what what a tragedy over there. And and my heart goes out to these people over here. Meanwhile, you have to deal with one of these cocksuckers in a fucking store. They'll cut right in front of you. They'll do whatever they need to do to get out there for. They're motherfuckers. I hate them. <laughs> God damn it, I'm angry. I hear you. But I did get, I think, a good sign from above this morning when a 75-pound crow, (laughs) crow, (laughs) fell from the Los Angeles skies dead and landed in a heap in my front yard. (laughs) I watched it go down. And I had to go out with a shovel to start my morning. Tony Soprano style and like boxers in a robe. And I jammed this shovel under the 75 pound hawk and threw it in the dumpster. That's how I started my day. And it was downhill from there, frankly. Till this, till that, this moment. That's how the stand begins, isn't it? I, yeah, I believe that's so. That's a real goocher, man. That I believe that so. That can't be good. Joe, you mentioned the stand, and that uh, sets me up for a real juicy segue to tell you. We're talking about the first four to five episodes of Castle Rock today. 
I say four to five because I watched four and a half. <laughs> There's five uh, available. But, you know, it's the new Stephen King, J.J. Stephen King influenced J.J. Abrams produced show on Hulu. That's what we're talking about. That is the subject today. Uh, and look, we plugged the live show. We've bitched. Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we go to a happy place now? You're talking about Pat's Movie Corner. That's what I'm talking about. Well, then let's go ahead and get on with the show, <laughs> and at the same time, get on with a hey now, hey now, don't dream it's over. <laughs> uh, look, I don't think of these till they're coming out of my mouth. It's hard to shoehorn a Joe in. There's not a lot of songs that start with the O sound. I'm going to have to start getting creative with it. And but spe- when I listened to that that collection of all of the On With The Joes, I was like, I can't deprive people of this. I was making myself laugh. I was <laughs> Probably because I don't remember doing some of them. But you know. I'm looking up uh, who made that right now so we can give. It's great. It's a collection of, it's from the very first time I did a little On With The Joe uh, to like, you know, now the operatic performances that, that you hear each week. Benjamin Meddy. Thank you. Benjamin Meddy took literally every single arm with the Joe and edited it together into a super cut. And it sounds it's a, it's basically all Pat, like you, you, because it's all him saying on with the Joe. It sounds like a man descending into madness. Yeah. Like it's just. Well, it is. <laughs> it absolutely is. So thank you, sir, for putting that together, Benjamin. Um, so what do we got at the movie corner this week? I got a few things. In the movie corner, and uh, I'm saving MI6, because that's what we're talking about for next week's show. Yes. But I saw, can I just tell you real quick before we start? Before we came over here, I went over and had a a midday pint at the Tam O'Shanter. Mm-hmm. Kitchen wasn't open. Infuriating. Why wasn't it open? You know, 4 p.m. No kitchen open. Why was it not open? Joe, I don't know. That, that, it's just another thing. Was the carving man I was like, there? boy, I'd really love some of that corned beef today. I hadn't eaten, and I'd love a nice, like, pint of Guinness. It's on the way to Joe's. I have an hour to kill. I go in. Yeah, kitchen's not open. You know? And it, no carving man either. No carving man. No, that's the carving station. But let me tell you, she said the carving station's open. But the carving station man never appeared. That guy's always off doing something in that Blow, place. probably. <laughs> carving up carving up lines with his uh, MasterCard. <laughs> That's what he's carving. Uh, I saw... Well, I got to go back. I have a, I have a long list because we haven't done this in a while. But I'm going to start with Tag. Yes, my friend Jeff Tomzik directed the film. Okay. But, I mean, if you didn't like it, cut loose. I'm not going to... No, I mean, I I really root for comedies because... And I, and I don't think people even really notice this, but we are at a time where we're getting, like, two theatrically released comedies a month. Yeah. Two. And generally, they're both bad. Yep. So, it's dark. And Tag is not like, you know, a fucking diamond in the rough. But it had a certain charm to it. It reminded me a bit of Game Night and that they did a lot of things stylistically and with little special effects and action sequences that really helped it rise above the pack a little bit. It's not as good as Game Night. The premise is just too stupid that these guys have been playing tag for years and the depths they go to. But I will say, in the final third of the movie, there is an elaborate... Is this real or is this part of the tag fake out? Because they also do a lot of like fake outs. Right. With a woman's miscarriage. She's been pregnant throughout the film. And they start saying, do you think it's a real miscarriage or part of the tag game or whatever? And they do 800 jokes about miscarriages. Um, it's the whole it's really the whole last third of the movie is just about miscarriages 
and are these people sick enough to fake a miscarriage or whatever. Right. And I've never heard the air go out of a theater so fast in my entire life. <laughs> and I've got a real, real difficult to offend meter myself. And from the minute the, the the bit started, I was like, if this isn't one joke about how sick these fucks are and then get off it, they've made a huge mistake. And when they tripled down on it to the extent that they did, I just was blown away that nobody stepped in and said, guys, people don't think miscarriages are super hilarious. Right, right. Because it was not funny. And, uh, you know, there's also like moms there. My My mom said she saw a tag. And she was like, we were kind of enjoying it and almost had to walk out. Really? It, it's that it's that level of kind of weird, I thought. All right. A real, uh, something you don't see with with the amount of notes all these things go through um, was that somebody should have given them this note, change it to something else. Is there a part of you that, f- that feels a sense of hope that something that edgy and crass got through without the notes? No, because it's tag at the end of the day. It's not <laughs> like it's something really subversive or something. It, okay. It was tag. But right. um, I don't know. It didn't. It rubbed me the wrong way. Movie. The first two thirds of the movie are kind of fun. I'm going to hit you with a double shot. I watched both LBJ starring Woody Harrelson. Long blow drum. Yes. The adult, long. the adult story of uh, Lyndon B. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Lyndon B. Johnson. And then I also watched All the Way with Brian Cranston. Playing Lyndon B. Johnson. Lyndon B. Johnson. Wow. Uh, one was about. One was focused more on his re-election uh, after he became president, after Kennedy died. Yes. Well, hold on. I'm getting to the good part. Sorry. I, I dozed off. That was the Cranston one. The the Woody Harrelson one was more about him becoming president when Kennedy died. Right. Uh, both versions of LBJ in the films were... It was like watching uh, Where the Buffalo Roam in Fear and Loathing. It was like... They were identical right. characterizations of this guy. Both movies contained one to two scenes of LBJ shitting with the door open in the Oval Office, okay. instructing his <laughs> his team uh-huh. on stuff or whatever. The, the similarities were striking. But at the end of the day, I found the story very riveting to see a, a, a Southern racist Democrat get put with a very liberal northern democrat because of uh in in the interest of strategy and gaining votes and then watching the southern racist democrat slowly progress and adapt and 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 fight for the right reasons i thought it was a very interesting story okay and and you like both movies where they're Generally, a, a film critic would compare the two or draw any parallels at all between them. Or? I did. I, he had the door open shitting. <laughs> all right. It was the same movie. And, you know, in, in both movies, he's like, he's like, now I ain't got no tits on my head, but I ain't no dumb fucking asshole either. Like, he, you know. He, so they were just very similar movies. They were almost identical. Yeah. The, the, like the, a bug's life and ants. Yes. The Cranston one ends with him getting reelected and... uh and somebody goes, LB, like, come on in. It's your party. You know, come celebrate. And it's this slow motion shot of Cranston walking with this voiceover as he's scanning all the people around him cheering for him. Yeah. And he goes, that's right. It is my fucking party. And you motherfuckers will cut my throat the first chance you get. Like, it gets, it gets real <laughs> fucking into, like, how dark Washington is. Yeah. The bullshit of politics. Right. I just I just enjoyed both films. You know, I I always love seeing Woody Harrelson playing like a sort of peckerwood guy. Sure. That's walking around Which talking is about rare his, for him. his dick. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, there were He's identical... usually playing kind of the smartest guy in the room. Are you joking or Yes. Oh, okay. There were identical passages of dialogue, identical monologue thing. It was it was they were probably very read the same similar. biography. One was made for HBO, and the the Woody Harrelson one was, I think, Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. My my friend Alan Mandelbaum produced it, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did not see it. I did very much. All right. I mean, I'm uh, I hate biopics, and if they're political, I hate them even more. But maybe I'll maybe I'll check them out. How about that, Pat? I don't give a shit what you do. <laughs> to be honest. Ah. I saw a little picture called First Reformed. 
written and directed by Paul Schrader, who did, uh, you know, the scripts for Taxi Driver. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, that movie Raging looks good. Bull. The Ewan McGregor? Nope. Uh, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, I mean, yeah. as the priest. It was Ethan Hawke, Amanda Seyfried, and Cedric the Entertainer, going by his actual name, which is like Cedric. Cedric the Negotiator? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. Um, it was a very interesting movie about religion, faith, hypocrisy, etc. Ethan Hawke playing a... Uh, priest who may or may not be dealing with people who are uh you know doing environmental crimes um but it's just a i know that sounds insane but it's a movie about like the hypocrisy of religious people basically at the end of the day environmental and how they act like they're you know doing the right thing but also supporting Companies that destroy the environment oh, okay. is where it starts to go to. It starts to feel a little like a conspiracy nut wrote it because I think Paul Schrader is a conspiracy nut. But it's a very interesting movie and uh, like pretty crazy, which I really enjoyed about it. There's a lot of like really weird shit in it and I liked it quite a bit. I recommend it. Uh, I watched an old HBO made for HBO film called Conspiracy. Starring Stanley Tucci. Tucci. Uh, uh, um, what's his face? The King's Speech. You know, the guy from The King's Speech. Well, tell me who it is. I don't remember his name. Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Say his name. I couldn't remember his name. He couldn't say his name either in that film. And then uh, Kenneth. Stuttering. He, he, uh, Brana. Problem. Kenneth Brana. All right. As Nazis. Oh, I remember seeing the the box for this movie at the video store. Well, it's called Conspiracy, and it's about this secret meeting that a bunch of Nazis had in this this house somewhere in wherever the fuck it was. You shouldn't get to use the title Conspiracy on a, on a Nazi movie. Well, Conspiracy is too general, and it should have something to do with Nazis. I thought, because it was a bunch of Nazis, at the, at the beginning there's a text scroll that says, there's one record of this meeting. Everything right. else was destroyed. It's a fabled meeting, but it did happen, and, and this this film is based on the one record or whatever. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be about how, like, there's some, like, spy got in and infiltrated the Nazis like or something. Like Valkyrie. Yeah. With Tommy Cruise. Good picture. But it wasn't. They were just yeah. all Nazis having a meeting. Uh, and the meeting was about, and I never knew this, which is which is what I found interesting about the film. It was a piece of information I didn't know about history. It was them... Kenneth Branagh plays the guy that proposes the plan to exterminate Jewish people. Right. The, the, uh, they're kind of already doing it secretly, but he's the guy that comes in and says, we're going to do this gas chamber thing. And they, they, you know, it's the, it's the debate in the meeting. I, I never knew it happened like that. I always thought it was like Hitler just said, we're doing this. And everyone right. was just like, okay. Um, but, uh, at the end of the day, they did That's it. That's so. usually the kind of guy Hitler was. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, there's really By no hope in the film. It's bad guys talking to bad guys. The bad guys do what they say they're going to do, yeah. as you know. And uh, the craziest part is one of the guys in that meeting ended up... Almost everybody, they, they do the, the little blurb at the end, like yeah. two, year, two months later he died, he was shot or whatever. This guy died in jail. This guy was convicted of war crimes. Justice has pretty much served to everybody, except there's one guy... Where they're like, he later uh, <laughs> contributed to the American University of whatever. Like, he just, <laughs> okay. just came over here and worked at a college. Okay. I didn't, and I tried looking up like more info on that, and there's very little out there. But I'm like, right. this fucking guy, how the fuck does that work out? You're yeah. in the goddamn, the, the, the most uh, uh, infamous Nazi meeting of all time, and you're part of the crew, and you get to go teach at a fucking college or something? I thought that was crazy. Doesn't seem fair to me. Anyway, it's a good film. Uh, good actors, but it's not a pick-me-up. What now, as I always ask, what brought inspired you to watch Conspiracy? I had finished All the Way, which was my second LBJ movie of that day. <laughs> and, and they said, you might also enjoy this. No, I was just flipping through the HBO movies. I saw the, saw the Tooch's face. It said Conspiracy. Right. This it's, was a three-movie day for you. Yeah, I said I've never seen this, so I'm going to watch it. So I watched it. All right. Um, real 
slow burn that one. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to watch that. I watched on uh, Netflix, although it was made for theaters and eventually not released, Conspiracy, excuse me, not Conspiracy, is it? Legend of a White-Tailed Deer Hunter. You just said Conspiracy. That's what made me say that. The Didn't Legacy we talk of a about white... this already? Huh? Didn't we talk about this in one of the other episodes? Not on the show. Oh, okay, sorry. Legacy of a White-Tailed Deer Hunter, directed by Jody Hill, starring... Josh Brolin and Danny McBride. Uh was very excited to watch it. Jody Hill, you know, was a big force behind Eastbound and Down. As is Danny McBride. Uh just a movie that just didn't work. You can totally see how even with the talent involved it wasn't released. Um there's nothing getting you from A to B. You just kind of don't care. And it's just kind of one of those guys trying to connect with his son movies. They pitched it as like a new Bad News Bears or Paper Moon, like one of those 70s character studies. Right. When I read up on it. But it doesn't feel like that at all. And then at some point, somebody must have said, you got to insert a little edgy humor in here. There's nothing happening in this movie. So at some point, Danny McBride starts showing the little boy that he is on this journey with photographs of his girlfriend being gangbanged okay polaroids in a movie that's been like a light pg to this point <laughs> so i'm just I, i'm sounding like a prude this week but i'm just there's just like wild tonal shifts in these movies that do not work and i'm a guy who likes tonal shifts you are i've always said that about you <laughs> i have that t-shirt i'm a guy who likes tonal shifts but um yeah, just kind of a lackluster picture. And I do I do want to say that I saw uh Josh Brolin at the Weezer and Pixies show the other night. Okay. And that was kind of cool. That's cool. That's it. It's a great story. <laughs> uh and the Weezer and Pixies show was fantastic. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Did Weezer pull out some of the old stuff? They played all their hits, which were awesome. And then enough time has passed from like some of their shitty albums that you 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 remember that the hits from those albums are actually pretty awesome too. Right. Like if you're wondering if I want you to, I want you to from the Red album or whatever right. it was that a Ratitude I think that's from, which is their worst. Right. But that song's great. It sounds like Cheap Trick. Then they have uh, they played Africa. That's a great cover they do. With Weird Al Yankovic on backup vocals and her uh, accordion. Really? That was awesome. That's pretty cool. But uh, they got some good songs. Pork and Beans from the Red Album is a very catchy song. There's a few songs from Maladry. Ten minutes long or whatever. That's Burnt Jam, I think. I mean, they're they're fun. They're they're not (laughs) what they once were, but they put on a great, almost a kid-friendly kind of show. What they open with? Buddy Holly in the outfits in the uh, really know, in the video basically they have the same set and they're and they're doing set changes and outfit changes and yeah. stuff yeah it's like a pop show wow but they're I mean they were great I can't his voice sounds awesome he's still one of the best rock voices there is great and I had a good time and the Pixies are maybe my favorite live band I just I mean part of it's that I love those albums so much but they're so good. And the songs they pick from their new ones are very carefully chosen to like showcase songs that you forget about. Like both times, the one they played that Magdalena song when you and I saw them, mm-hmm. that I know is your favorite, and I got super into it right after. This one, I had another song where I was like, yeah, I forget they're still making good music. You just don't listen to them a thousand times like their other four. Okay. They're good. Sleigh Bells opened it up, and they're good. It was a fun night of, and then uh, pixies. of music. Yeah. How were the Pixies? Joe, I just talked to you about the Pixies for upwards of No, you talked about the Weezer. Seconds. No, then I was just now, while you were on your phone, I was talking about the Pixies. I was t- t- tuned out. I'm sorry. Not not out of offense to you. I just was Woo! trying to see what n- movie I needed to go to next. Uh, I, go uh, ahead. I'll save my concert for the next episode. 
Oh, all right. I went to a concert too. Okay. But I'm going to save it. Uh, I'll close this out with. I'll give you the same laser focus when you talk about that concert that you just gave me. I'm sorry. I needed to see what movie. Maybe go rub one out in the bathroom while you're telling that story. I'll close. Treat you with the same level of respect. I love you and I respect you. I just don't always respect and love you. Sick. Uh, I'll close the segment out with Borg versus McEnroe. Oh, boy. Starring Shia LaBeouf. On on Hulu right now. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you say, oh, boy? You didn't think that looked good? No. Why? Was it good? It's a typical biopic. It's a little paint-by-numbers, but Shia LaBeouf delivers a powerhouse performance. He's awesome in it. All right. He captures McEnroe. He's great. Did you see Battle of the Sexes? No. I, that, it just looked like the exact same movie, and I was very bored by Battle of the Sex. Well, it is, except this is about two men. Right. Uh, and one of them screams, why don't you shut the fuck up at the audience uh, and uh, referee the entire movie. Right. So it's fun to watch. Okay. You know? Yeah. He's got, you know, got, you got opponents coming over to McEnroe being like, why don't you calm down, man? Just relax. And he's like, why don't you shut the fuck up? You know, and the guy would be like, I'm, uh, he goes, nobody's talking to you. And the guy's like, I'm talking to you. He's like, I'm not talking to you, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's, it's just, he's okay. fun to watch go off like that. All right. Um, but the movie's more about Borg um, than it is McEnroe. Um, but it, it was an enjoyable film. Uh, the performances were all great. Your, your boy Stellan Skarsgård is in there. My boy. Which connects us to today's show, because his son is in this Castle Rock TV That's show. Right. Um I can't remember the guy who played Borg. I've never heard of him. Um, and, uh, you know, it was an enjoyable piece of work. Okay. Anyway, how about some deadlines from the Scream and End? Do you have any? I have one. All right. Suspiria, the remake. Trailer looks awesome. Great trailer. Love the trailer. Uh, got the runtime on this thing. It was released. Two hours, mm-hmm. 30 minutes. I'm on board. You're on board? The I'm original on board. is 96 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a different movie. You're, you always bitch about how long movies are. But something like that, I'm going to get high. I'm going to have a beautiful time. All right. Neon Demon was long. I like when it's that kind of movie, I'm, I'm with you. I'll ride with it. All right. What I hate it is when it's superheroes punching each other for two and a half hours. Doesn't okay. need to be. All right. Fair uh, enough. Tarantino cried when he saw the new Suspiria. And, I don't know, know why I know that, but I saw it online somewhere. I read that, too, online, and that's to be taken with a grain of salt. Tarantino also swears Psycho 2 is better than Psycho 1. <laughs> that's right. Um, so, you know, uh, it, that could mean it's great. That could also mean it's Tarantino being Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, I think the the runtime is a little absurd. I think adding uh, an hour to a film is 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 a questionable move. Sure, it's a questionable move, and it seem, doesn't seem like they're just doing their own thing with it. Like it's not a slavish remake of Suspiria. I mean, then why the fuck remake Suspiria? Why don't you just make a different movie? Because the only thing they make is remakes. Uh, it's the call me by your name, dude. Yes, it is. And Tilda Swintz. I don't know his name. No, uh, isn't Tilda, Tilda Swinton? It's Tilda Swinton. Yeah, directed this. Um, no, isn't Tilda Swinton in it? Yes, Tilda Swintz. Jesus Christ! Tilda Swintz stars in it, and Tilda Swinton directed. We on blow or something over no, there? No, what did you say the guy's name was? I thought you were making a joke about his name. No, his name's like. 18 syllables and i couldn't tell you like luca guadalupe or something (laughs) i think his name is luca guadalupe i thought you were saying his name was tilda swintz no i I think tilda swintz and then you said tilda swintz i think meaning tilda swintz is in the movie tilda swintz is in it once again playing some weird ghostly (laughs) yeah weird bird lady yeah i can't tell if she's evil or good or whatever um uh I don't know. Look, here's my fear it, that it's going to be another Blade Runner 2049 and another one of the and, and Neon Demon uh, and Drive and another one of these music so video music video directors where so it's like, great. I'm going to masturbate with imagery. Uh, Why can't that be a movie? 
It can be. It doesn't mean it's going to be a good movie. It means it's a movie you're not going to like. I think if you're... Look, I'm not crazy about the original Suspiria, and I know that's probably sacrilege to a lot of people, but those are Argento movies. They're fun to watch, I guess, but they have all the qualities of these other movies I'm talking about. Where It's a lot of pretty images, right. but it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. So now this guy's saying, I'm remaking that movie, and I'm adding another hour to it, which to me sounds like, oh, I'm going to go stroke my artistic dick all over this thing. Hey, maybe I'll join him on that stroke. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. What does it come out? Halloween? I don't know. Halloween night? Uh, I don't know. All Hallows Eve? <laughs> All is that All Hallows Eve night? Eve? Or is that the n- night before? All Hallows Eve, I believe, is Halloween. Okay. It's the eve of the new hollow. And then All Saints Day is the next day. Yes. In the Catholic Church, that's what it's called. I used to play soccer for the All Saints Spirits, as you I used to sell may all, well know. I used to sell all state insurance. Really? <laughs> I used to sell state farm insurance. I worked on a farm well, in the state of Pennsylvania. Folks, <laughs> it all comes together. Let's uh, take another trip over to a little town in Maine. I'm going to get a beer. Why don't you set us up? That I call Castle Rock. Lightning crash. Lightning crash. Crow. <laughs> Crow falls dead into my lap. Uh, Castle Rock is the new show on Hulu. There's been five episodes. It stars Scott Glenn, Sissy Spacek. Uh, it stars one of the guys from Moonlight, I should know his name, Melanie Linsky, and Bill Skarsgård, Pennywise the Clown. It is set in a world of Stephen King in the same way the Fargo series is set in a world of the Coen brothers. Um, and it is basically a drama you know it was marketed to me as horror but thus far it appears to be a glacially paced drama Um, i'm curious to hear what you have to say joe but i've seen almost as much as you we're going to talk about the first five so spoilers beware what do you think the show opens with uh uh the head of shawshank prison committing suicide uh Played by Terry O'Quinn, the stepfather. Yes. So uh, it's, it's... John Locke. There are definitely horror elements. There's some weird shit going on. He's got this boy locked in a cage in the basement of Shawshank. He says that the boy is the devil. Uh, it's certainly not Stephen King horror in the sense of... It's, you know, I'd put it up... I'd say it's the same type of horror as, like, The Shining or something. There's, a, there's, a, there's an eerie sort of psychological burn that's happening um i like the easter eggs you had said that you didn't see any easter eggs not in the first couple i mean the few obvious ones i caught and then more and more i was catching them but they they don't add anything to it i think at some point Skarsgård will be revealed to be pennywise's brother or something They'll, they'll do some big reveal where it shows you they're actually related to someone in the Stephen King universe. I think he's going to be the man in black. Well, that that would be a big swing that would miss me because I haven't read those books. Well, but the man in black is the bad guy in the stand. Oh, the stand, yes, but That's isn't he the, also in the Dark Tower and stuff? It's the Dark Tower. That yeah, guy's in a those lot I haven't of read. Stephen King stories. And yeah. He's essentially in the stand. He is the devil, basically. Okay. But uh, he's also in the story, the man in the black suit, which is yeah. a very scary Stephen King story. Read that. Um, I liked the show. I thought it was a little cheeky having Bill Skarsgård in there, um, especially when he's playing Pen. Because not especially because he's playing Pennywise in it. Uh, yeah, that's a little distracting, but he's very good. Did you feel the same with Spacek and Carrie or not? No, because Carrie isn't Carrie's forty years ago. Right. It is about to have a sequel in the theater. Yeah. In, in 
12 months or whatever. Yeah. I just thought it was a little too immediately on the nose. Sure. Um, it was kind of like how it put the kid from Stranger Things in it. And I was right. like, it's, it's, it's a too, it just shaves too close. But he is very good in it. The cast is great. They all do a stellar job. I think the show is, is, is I would say, expertly written and or edited or both. But I have never seen a show get so much information across so efficiently. Oh, it's they waste no time with. They they show so much through action and they cut to something and then you realize, oh, this is the outcome of what that conversation must have been. But you don't see the conversation. I think that's great. You know, I think it's great. Like there's not a really a lot of exposition in the show. Uh, it is a slow burner. But I like it. A lot of Stephen King is a slow burner. Sure. I just, the guy, by the way, Henry Deaver, the lead guy, is Andre Holland. I felt bad not knowing all He's great. Name. I thought all of the actors across the board are fairly dull. I thought the storytelling was fairly dull. I thought the story was fairly dull. I thought the way it was shot was fairly dull. I found the whole thing fairly dull, frankly. I was bored by it. Um, there'd be something now and then. The end of episode four where, uh, you know, the guard at the prison there is shooting everyone up on security cam and they show right. you it in all those angles. It was a very effective sequence, I think, only because they used the Roy Orbison song Crying, which is a fantastic song. But that's the only time I ever really was like, oh, something's happening here. The rest of the time I thought, can we get to it? What You know, like, I didn't really give a shit about anyone in it um it's not holding my interest i don't know why it needed to be tied into the stephen king inverse maybe that will be revealed but it's uh it doesn't even feel like stephen king to me it didn't even feel like a good mimicry it just didn't have the same vibe to me at all which i was surprised by because i thought the fargo tv show did such a great job of capturing the coen brothers vibe but doing their own thing and also telling you store a great story that existed on its own, even if you didn't know the rest of the stuff. This feels like I don't care enough about the Easter eggs and the Stephen King thing, and I'm a big Stephen King fan, but I also don't care enough about this story. You don't care to figure out why the little girl kills his dad? You don't care to figure out why the town thinks he murdered his father? Uh, why he doesn't seem particularly sad that his father died? Uh, why he's so mad at the step his not stepdad, but the mom's boyfriend now when that's the guy that literally saved him when he goes to the house that he was kept at. You, you don't find any of that shit interesting? But I'm you're just watching these five episodes knowing that I guess in ten these these, these questions will be answered, but there's no sense of laying out the clues or the storytelling of that like I don't feel like I'm on the journey with them trying to piece this together. I feel like I'm just watching what's being thrown up in front of me. All right. I'm not I'm not involved in it in any way and I don't care. So like they'll they'll say this thing is unknown and then 5 episodes later it's still unknown and you've made no progress answering the mystery. I just I don't know, it's not uh, absorbing me in the way that these types of shows can and the way I thought this show would. I had really high hopes for it and I've just been bored. All right. Then again, uh, if if they're planning on bringing in, you know, whether it's Pennywise or whoever uh, from the Stephen King world into this show, I'm going to have to get back into it. Well, here's why I like it. I like the one thing I will thank Marvel for in what they've done, even though it's been overkill. I like the door Marvel opened with entertainment. I like the fact now that they are taking brands, very large brands that have mm -hmm. a big universe, and and telling different storylines within that universe. I like now that there's a Stephen King TV show that isn't the same story as the stories that happen in that town in the movies. Uh, and it's the way comic books work. You know, you have Batman, and then you right. have Batman and Robin, and then you have the De Detective Comics and the Dark Knight, whatever. And they're all different storylines. And I, I think that's very, very cool. I, I, they're doing it with Star Wars. They're about to come out with a Star Wars live-action show. Um, I think it's very, very interesting. Um, I do think it feels like... 
I mean, look, it's hard to say does it feel like Stephen King or not. <clears throat> Stephen King doesn't make his movies. He's occasionally written some of them. Right. But it's always a different They never director. let him after Maximum Overdrive. Did he direct that one? They, the one time they let him direct, and he was coked out of his mind. <laughs> it never offered it to him again. So let me get this straight, Steve. You want to make a movie about trucks that come to life? <laughs> yeah. Trucks with yeah. psychic powers. Yeah. All right, here's some two million. Yeah, the uh, the um, it's hard to say. Does it feel like or not feel like Stephen King? Because it's that's all a matter of opinion. Everybody's going to interpret his books the way they interpret them as they read them. Um, and his movies have always been made by different groups of people. No, no one group of people have ever made this, a few Stephen King movies. I right. think so. But there's something about like a misery or even a Dolores Claiborne, which I think is a very underrated movie, where they just get the feeling of his books across so well. Like misery feels exactly like living in that book down to like the smallest detail. But this Castle Rock to me, there's just no. I don't know. I don't have that that feeling. It's like when you see a Tim Burton movie, you know, you're watching a Tim Burton movie. I'm watching this. And I'm I'm not feeling that Stephen King feeling. I feel it much more in A Stranger Things, which is a homage. But I, I just don't see why this had to be a Stephen King thing. It's weird to me. Well, I don't know. I I have faith that it's that it's sort of being a slow build. I yeah. like the idea that Stephen King has written a million stories about this town, Castle Rock, where all these horrid things have happened. So we're going to do a show that it, that gets into the minutia of all of it. Like, why right. are these things happening here? I think that's a cool idea. I think they're also, if they had come out of the... I think it's going to be like Gotham, which you know I'm a huge fan of. For the first season of Gotham, it was like Penguin and Fish Mooney, who was a character they made up yeah. that Jada Pinkett Smith played. And you could have said the same thing. You're like, why is this called Gotham? Right. Just so they could call this guy Penguin and he hates being called Penguin. Uh-huh. But then like you realize, oh, they're 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 dealing it out little by little because it's eventually going to become the fully realized universe, which is what the last season of Gotham was. I think they'll do that with this. I think they also realize though, too, if we come right out of the gate where they're like, you know, uh, you know, my name's Jack Torrance. I work at Shawshank Prison. Uh, I saw a clown last night. You know, yeah. it's it's too much all at once. I did like the Jack Torrance Easter egg. I thought that was very cool. Um, uh, I thought... You mean uh, the character named Jackie Torrance? Well, yeah, but later she says, I hate this town. Nothing interesting ever happens. And she mm-hmm. goes, I'll tell you a story. My uncle was a normal guy, and then one day he decided he was going to hack his wife and his kid to pieces, and then he killed himself, and my parents won't even talk about it. I thought that was interesting. I thought I like little stuff like that. So I I don't know. I think it's going to go in the way Gotham went. We shall see. We shall. Here's my question. Why not throw $100 million at Stephen King and say, we're going to do 10 10-episode seasons where every episode is one of his short stories? Different writer, different director. Why? Why not do that? You mean you mean a logical thing? Yeah, no, that's why they don't do it. <laughs> like you know, like it would be the new Twilight Zone. He's got a hundred perfect horror short stories. Yeah, you hire a different writer and director for each. Yep, that is a show that goes a hundred episodes, no questions asked, and makes them their money back time and time again. Yep. Yeah, because it, it makes sense. That's why they're not doing it. These people are fucking idiots. Yeah. I hope I didn't just give somebody the idea and they get rich off it. Well, we copyrighted it here. TM. I mean, it's it's just, you know, it's it's why don't they, you know, why the fuck didn't they put De Niro and Pacino in a movie together until Righteous Kill? Well, I know they were in Heat together, but you know what I mean. Right. You know, why, why did, you know. I prefer Righteous Kill. <laughs> and I know a lot of people don't agree, but for me... I felt Heat was missing 50 Cent in a key supporting role. Yeah. Why is uh, why is Creepshow just now finally coming back? Thank you, Shudder, by the way. Shudder's yeah. bringing Creepshow back. But what, is it a weekly thing? Yeah, it's like a Tales from the Crypt show. Oh, cool. Show. But it's like, why the fuck, you know, that, that's, that's been talked about for 10 years. Right. It's like, why did it take this long? Why does everybody make all this so fucking hard? 
I don't know. It, it's, it's, don't get me started. Anyway, Pat. Yeah. You got any plugs, buddy? Uh, not really. Cool Kids coming to Fox September 28th. It's going to be a really funny show. Check it out. Martin Mull. Martin Mull, Vicki Lawrence, David Allen Greer, Leslie Jordan, created and produced by the great Charlie Day. And uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Patrick Walsh. Joe DeRosa Comedy on Instagram. And uh, what do I got coming up? This will come up. Uh, I'm in Washington at the end of this month. D.C. No. I mean, Our nation's I was already, capital. When this comes out, I'll, I will already have been to D.C. Um, um, let's see here. What do we got here, folks? No, I'm in Washington State. At the end of Joe this will month, will be in Denzel, Washington. <laughs> rec- uh, uh, recording. I'm performing at the Campbell's Resort Lake. Now, that's a lake made out of soup, correct? It is. It's a yeah. soup lake. <laughs> and the nice part is it's different types of soups. I don't know how they do it, but every three feet, the soup flavor changes. And as you go deeper, the, the flavor changes, or if you go out further into the lake? No, just as you walk along it, All right. you can say, let's go to the tomato part. Sounds great. Uh, Campbell's Resort Lake in Chelan, Washington. Chelan, Washington. Kellen. I don't know how to say that, but great plug. Anyway, uh, I'll be there. So come on out and say hello if you want. And uh, again, I'll be at the Red Clay Festival in Atlanta. Uh, Now that's a festival where you and the ghost of Patrick Swayze sort of make a red clay pot together. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's all interpretations of that scene. Right. And at some point, it's pretty clear that the clay being molded is representative of Swayze's dick. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's fifty five performers doing their take on that scene. <laughs> right, I'm doing the naked gun style one. Hilarious, where the clay flies all over the room. Right, you'll see. All right. Uh, anyway, Red Clay Festival in Atlanta, twenty eighth to the thirtieth. And that's our show, folks. We'll see you next time. And we'll see you in hell.